This week on Kettle of Fish, Minion Lisa Beth stops by to talk about binge watching murder. Welcome to our after show. We call Kettle of Fish the No Politics Master Show. It's time for Kettle of Fish. No debate, hate, or argument allowed on Kettle of Fish. It's like a Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip. So hooray for Kettle of Fish. Alrighty, welcome to Kettle of Fish, the show after the show, the talk after the talk, the 20-minute comedy, comedy, I'm going to say comedy, comedy money shot after the two hours of political foreplay. Dwayne, D, you're back there somewhere. Fern, are you guys ready to get fishy? Yes. Nice Freudian slip there. Yeah, I, I was trying to make, I was trying to think of a fish sound, but they normally don't make any. So I'll do a croaking cat. There, How about I'm dying because the waters are radioactive? There you go. Is there that a good go. fish sound for you? Um, you know, Works no matter how heated things get or how pissed off I get during ignorance equation, when I hear that jingle, it just all melts away and makes me happy. I think you're reading Rainbow. I'm waiting for you to start reading a book about elves and things like that. There's an idea. <laughs> I could do that on Howler TV because John's been wanting me to go on there with some content. So I could go do there that on go. Howler TV. Yay! All right, so <laughs> today we're going to be talking about the Netflix series Making a Murderer. Plus, I do want to – I'll probably say something about um, Alan Rickman passing away just because of today's guest, which is comedian Lisa Best. Um, probably going to be the least funny show ever because of the content, because Alan Rickman passing is very sad. Lisa, last time she was on one of our shows, I had to binge watch eight all eight movies, Harry Potter movies, so I could fight her in um, drunken trivia. And now this time around, I had to binge watch ten hours of Making a Murderer. So I've given homework assignments. It's the first guest ever who's given me homework assignments. So this has worked out great. Let me get Lisa in here. Lisa Best, how's it going? Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. Like I said in the intro, once again, you have given me a homework assignment. The only guest <laughs> to do homework. I'm very sorry. I don't know. I don't know what's gotten into me. I'm just trying to make sure that you know you're keeping up on everything. I am. I'm glad you're my check and balance for Ignorance Equation Radio. Um, let's <laughs> jump right in. I asked you what you wanted to talk about, as I always do, being the magnanimous host I am. You said making of a murderer. <laughs> Why did you want to talk about this in this comedy forum? How did this touch you? And kind of sum it up. What did you think about it? Well, I just thought it was really interesting. Like, I mean, I don't know whether the guy did it or not, obviously. Um, But it was just incredible to see our justice system play out in such a ridiculously just dumb way. Like, I just, when I watched it, I just couldn't believe that that's, how it went and I mean I think to credit the filmmakers I thought it was incredibly well done like it was so compelling and you're just literally watching a trial um, but it was just I don't know I just thought it was really interesting I don't know whether the guy did it or not obviously the documentary is very biased um, you know they, they clearly want you to think one thing um, but I mean just the evidence itself I thought was pretty incredible and just the way that the trial played out like I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting. Did you did you like it? 
Well, I mean, let me not give any spoilers here. I should have kind of did a setup first. I was so excited to get you in here. So, Making a Murderer, for anybody who hasn't heard of it, I think that that's impossible, but for anybody who hasn't watched it, it's the true story. It's a documentary about Stephen Avery. Um, He was convicted of a crime he didn't commit. DNA evidence exonerated it. This is beyond a shadow of a doubt. He spent 18 years in jail, got out, sued the state, for just a ridiculous amount. It was in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And before 36 he million. thirty six million. Thank you, thank you. You're on top of it, Dwayne. Thirty six million before he <laughs> could receive his just desserts. He gets tried again, he gets um arrested again for committing supposedly committing a murder of a young woman who came out there from like a car trader magazine. Um it seems like it's bullshit. I don't want to go into the content too much to ruin it for people. To your question, Lisa, uh, the first thing that struck me, and I'm going to answer a question with a question. You're in jail for 18 years. You come out like Stephen Avery, and you say, you know, all the bitterness, all the anger melted away because I'm glad to be out. I feel like I would be blowing some shit up, and I would be extremely pissed off and dysfunctional. Did you get that sense? I mean, 18 years in jail, could you come out smiling like this guy? I don't know. Well, I mean, the guy was clearly... um you know, intellectually sacrificed. Like he had an, he has an IQ of like 70. So it's hard to compare, you know, what his actions would be to somebody else. But I mean, if it was for me, like if I was in prison for 18 years and then got out, I would, I don't think I'd be blowing shit up. I think I would want to have a quiet life and not really talk to anybody. And I mean, I feel like the last thing I'd want to do would be to commit a crime after getting out of prison for 18 years, just knowing that people's eyes are on you. I mean, he was under, he was under, you know, a magnifying glass when he got out. So I feel like it would be a pretty dumb thing to then try and commit a crime. But at the same time, like, you know, who knows what his level of intelligence is. I mean, the whole thing that was so terrifying about this documentary was like, if you don't have money and if you don't have a certain level of intelligence, you're fucked. <laughs> like, yeah, mm-hmm. that is especially. Especially staying yeah, in that town. I mean, it, it, the sad part was his attorney joked, "You better move out of here because you're suing them. They'll probably uh, charge you with murder." And then within two years, he got charged with murder. I'd have been so far away from that town. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I personally, I don't think he did it. But I mean, I obviously have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. But like, I guess my my and I have my theory of who I think actually did it. But I think that. I don't know if he actually like I don't want to give anything like away, but if 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 he did it, why wouldn't he have crushed the car? Like I don't understand. Yeah. Like yeah, he worked at a salvage yard. He knows how to use all of that equipment. Like why wouldn't he crush the car? Like that's to me the like one of the biggest like hints as to that he didn't do it. And it was a stroke of luck that the woman who was looking for the car, I forget if she worked for the DA, who she worked for, but she found the car after a couple hours among tens yeah. of thousands of cars, and it was in the back. Yeah. It wasn't like they put it on display, and they were like, murder car, come and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I like, <laughs> the idea that she ran across this car way in the back among all these other cars, that's pretty suspicious too, right? I, I mean, I, I personally think that the ex, the ex-boyfriend basically told her where to go, and that's where she went. Okay, so let me ask you this, and once again, 
I don't want to give out spoilers, so I'm going to try to keep this as general as I can while keeping it compelling. As somebody in entertainment, are you surprised of just the firestorm of popularity that this Netflix documentary is getting? That Because there's a lot of dry moments of having to sit and kind of weed through watching court you know, court TV, basically, and not all of it is ex- is extremely exciting, right? Well, I don't know. I disagree. Like, I think it's a testament to the filmmakers. Like, they made you so invested in the guy and the story and the evidence that, like, I thought that the courtroom scenes were actually the most compelling. Because, mm-hmm. like, A, it was just really cool to see how it actually works. Like, I've never actually done jury duty, so I've never actually been in a courtroom during a trial, but also because I was so invested in what they were talking about, like I was all in the whole time. So I think it's just a testament to the the filmmakers and how they laid out the story. Like I mean, imagine sifting through ten years of footage. I mean, it's that's incredible. So I I'm not at all surprised at how popular it is because it's so well done. I mean, if you think about like the amount of garbage that's on television, all of the stuff that's popular and that does get, you know, spread around, it's because it's so good. Like, it's like, are you surprised at how popular Breaking Bad became? Well, when you watch it, you're like, oh, no, no, because this is the best thing in a pile of garbage. Well, well, it's hard for me to argue with that. Um, You know, I sent you an article from Jay Johnson. We had him on last week, and I'll let Dwayne kind of chime in first because you had really been surprised by Jay's article, and Jay kind of touched on everything on that, right? I mean, as far as this does have a biased slant to what life is like legally growing up in a small town, right, Dwayne? Yeah, I mean, it really did touch, because I was something similar, not murder, not rape, but like a stupid incident where I I had an incident where a guy tried to run me over, and he we went to court, and as we were walking into court, he talked to two officers, the DA and the judge, Hey Bob, hey Billy, hey Stan, hey I'm having a barbecue Sunday. Why don't you come on over? And I'm like, why am I even here? I might as well say guilty and get it over with. And about you know reality TV, I'm so jaded with reality. Everything is scripted. I mean everything. Even though he's wanted to claim 100 percent on, there is an agenda, there is manipulation, there is scripting to it. So I don't know how much it was held out of the documentary, how much was put in to change your opinion. So yeah, Jay hit everything right on the head. What do you think, Lisa? Did you get a chance to look at that article I sent you to Jay Road? Um, I actually didn't. No, I actually. totally forgot. <laughs> All right, that's cool. I didn't What's do this? my homework. Uh-oh. Well, let me move on to this then. So you got this guy who spent 18 years in jail. He gets found guilty. Should that play into should that be brought in and play into the case at all like hey look they already did this to this guy for 18 years should it play into the sentencing you spent 18 years in in jail falsely accused we're going to give you 18 years off the sentence or these or should these be viewed in a vacuum and totally separate from each other no well i mean i think they should be viewed together but not for the prosecutor's reasoning to for his sentence but for you know proof that he was framed I mean, like, I think that the fact that he very much embarrassed, like, that whole trial very much embarrassed the city. His acquittal made everybody look really bad. And then all of a sudden he's suing them for, you know, $36 million. And then all of a sudden he's charged with murder. Like, I mean, I think that it should be taken account, but, like, as a motive for the, for the you know, for the police department in terms of framing him, like, I don't know. I feel like that's a huge motive, like, to get this guy in for something else so that they don't have to pay millions of dollars. 
Yeah, and if he is guilty, let me just say this. If he is guilty, this is the fucking coincidence of a lifetime. And I know that people say, you know, Professor Hand says if it can happen, you know, it will happen eventually, the um, theory of really big numbers. But, Fern, I mean, looking at both sides of this, and we did look at articles that kind of tore this apart and said Mm -hmm. that it was totally biased to make people want to think the guy's innocent. Is this a coincidence beyond... Just reasonable doubt. No. You know, I have to look at it this way. I mean, this guy was very young when he was incarcerated. He spent a lot of his formative years. I mean, because let's face it, in your 20s, you know, you're just coming out of, you know, being on your own and making your way in the world and your life experiences. And these all have a big part to play in how you're formed and, you know, your opinions, your views. And this guy spent them behind bars. So is it unreasonable to think when he got out he was screwed up? No, not not at all. Mm-hmm. But there's so much in this documentary that doesn't add up. Is he possibly guilty? Yes. But I'll tell you what, with everything presented, the way that it was presented, and some of the nuances that just don't add up, if I was a jury member, I couldn't. I couldn't say guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. There's no way. Yeah, Absolutely exactly. no way. And how much is the city and the police culpable for his behavior after he got out? Are they exactly. not responsible for his actions once he got out? That's, if that's a good point. That's well, a they good very point. much br- they brushed over the fact when he when um, Dean Strang was doing a cross interrogation of one of the police officers. They very they brushed over the fact that he basically got him to admit that he was looking at the car in person. The license plate, yeah. Yeah, and then also, like, the, they think that they brushed over a little bit, is that the brother deleted deleted um, voicemails from her cell mm-hmm. phone, which very much could have shown motive from maybe him or the ex-boyfriend. Like, I don't know, I just thought that, like, they there was so much evidence so that I completely agree with Fern that it was like, he might be guilty, but he hasn't been proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. So what is the takeaway from this, Lisa? I mean, does this make you and probably the average watcher who's, who doesn't watch Law and Order marathons for, until their eyes bleed like I do, does this make them mm-hmm. more cynical towards our criminal justice system? Or did, did you go into this with a sense of this is just business of you, as usual, it's an imperfect system? Um, I mean, to be honest, like the main thing I took away from it was to just have a level of appreciation for my own mind which I mean I think is like not like not I'm not saying I'm a smart person but it just you know there's a lot of things that I think we as people take for granted in our everyday lives and for me it just was like oh I've I've taken my brain for granted like just the way that these people think like especially the whole Brendan Dassey part of the documentary I was just like holy shit like I I have never been so thankful to just have just a, a reasonable average amount of intelligence. And that's what, kind of uh, what I took away from it. Was like, I wow, mean, the, le- that... the level of yeah, manipulation to that boy was just yeah, I And that kid, they could have been like, so you killed Kenneth. And, and the way they phrased these questions was like, so were you angry when you killed her? Um, well, I yeah. didn't kill her. No, no, it's a yes or no question. Were you angry? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they were doing him. what car salesmen do, psychological ownership. Let's take you. Were, I'm just coming in for a test drive. Let's go take your your new car for a test drive. What do you think? This will look good in your garage. Your new car will. Look good. They were just leading him and leading him. They're using all sales techniques on him. Yeah, those how interrogators were criminals. Lisa, how did that not Say get that, kicked? 
How did that not get kicked? How did they not say, look at this, this is a bad arrest, this is inadmissible? How did this even get in when to anybody with half a brain could see, which is blatantly, that guy was, that kid was coerced and bullied. Yeah, like, and I, I, did. I, I don't know. I honestly don't understand why they didn't just show the videos of his interrogations as the proof. And also, like, I don't understand why, like, maybe this is just me as, like, a comic, but, like, I don't understand why these lawyers have to talk with such elevated rhetoric. Just talk to the jury like fucking people. Just be like, dude, look at this video. How obvious, like, I mean, just talk to them like humans. Like, it's a conversation. Like, stop presenting it like this, like, you know, just this intellectual argument. Like, the jury are people like you and I. Just talk to them like fucking people. Like, look, right. he's being coerced. He's be like, how could you possibly think, walk away from those videos not thinking those interrogators are just criminals? I guess there's a certain amount of conduct or decorum because if you go in there and you talk like us, like if I was there, I'd be like, look at this. I mean, why am I even here? Why am I even putting on a defense? These videos fucking speak for themselves. Any nitwit can see he was coerced. The judge would be like, you're being disrespectful to my court because a lot of judges are very <laughs> uppity. And then I'd be sitting next to him with a contempt charge, right, Lisa? Right. <laughs> all successful lawyers, all successful lawyers, from Shapiro, Cochran, all of them, all say that 90% of their job in a courtroom is theatrics. They say 10% of what they use in a courtroom is actual law. 90% is theatrics. And if you have a good acting lawyer, you're more than likely to get off. And most good acting lawyers cost the most, not the most successful. Fair yeah, enough. but I also right. think it was okay. Go, go ahead, ahead Lisa. No, no, go ahead, Lisa. I was just gonna say, I was just gonna say, I think it's interesting because they do bring up, like, for the Avery case, what was it like? Seven people thought he wasn't guilty. Yep. Two people thought he was guilty, and then a few people thought he was were undecided. Like, so I mean, the defense lawyers were better. They obviously provided a better case. It was just the two people who believed he was guilty just convinced them. And yeah, they but all wanted to go have home. Avery's wife come out and say, I was scared when I said that Steve Avery could never do this. He has been beating me for years. He said he would kill me if I went up there and made him look bad. Does that hold any water for you, or do you think she's just trying to grab media attention? Are you talking about the, the Jody thing on Nancy Grace? I'm not sure. It was an article I read his, where his, she... His ex-fiance. I just watched yeah, that video right before the show. Right. Yeah, yeah you, 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 I think... I was just going to say, I think it, I think it's bullshit because she appeared in his life when he got out of prison, thinking mm -hmm. that he was going to make millions of dollars in in like yes. you know acquittal charges, and then she disappears after trying very very hard working with his defense team to get him off so that she can get that money. Then when that seemed impossible, she disappeared, and now all of a sudden there's all of this attention. I mean, how much money do you think she got paid to do that Nancy Grace interview? Like, I'm very. I'm very Pro skeptical. Of Probably a her. bottle of Jack Daniels is all it would have taken with her. <laughs> have you seen her hair in one video? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't necessarily believe her. Well, we got a couple minutes left. Let me go around and I think we're all gonna say the same thing. I think he's not guilty. I especially think the boy who's I forget his name right now, Brendan or whatever, is as not yeah. guilty. He he would have admitted to anything. Lisa, you in the same camp, are they not guilty just by your opinion? In my opinion, I, I don't think they're. I don't think they're guilty. I, I have more. I have more belief that he's not guilty than guilty. 
is this a frame up just to get the city out of the money, or is it like the um, defense attorney oh, yeah. said, it's them already thinking he's guilty, so they're cutting corners to prove their case, and they don't mind if they have to plant evidence or lie because in their minds he's guilty, or is it he's innocent but he's going to hurt us? Let's destroy him. I, I personally think the former, and I think that the defense team only said the latter to cover their own asses. Yeah. Cover it as far as yeah. they didn't want any retaliation. Well, they just didn't want it to be, you know, that they're slandering these people. Gotcha, like they gotcha. had to say that, I think, to in order to, you know, correctly, you know, put a, their point, but also be like, also they're not you know, criminals, like, because that's basically what they're saying is all of those people are criminals. So they were trying to protect them, themselves a little bit. Yeah. And I, I got to say that prosecutor, he, there was times I was like, is this guy, like the way he was questioning people, I was like, is this guy working for the defense? Cause this prosecutor sucks for at his job. I mean, he just seemed yeah. kind of terrible to me. Yeah. I mean, they definitely, based on the clips I saw, they won the trial. The defense team definitely won the trial, but apparently, yeah. Yeah. Am I involved? Um, real quick, Dwayne, let's get you in here. Guilty, real short, guilty, not guilty. Not guilty, and I think Lisa's above intelligence for coming on your show multiple times. That's what I would say. I agree. <laughs> I D, are you with us? Guilty or not guilty? Are you out there in producer land somewhere? I am out here in producer land. I I I don't know whether or not he did it because I didn't see quite all of it. But I did see enough to know that um, they framed him. I mean, they they coerced his little brother. They framed him for whatever they think he did do. And as far as, I mean, there's so much evidence that obviously was tampered with and obviously was placed. And, I mean, it it was just really, really obvious that they were trying really hard to frame him. But at the same time, I don't know what evidence was really there and what wasn't because they were so freaking hard to mess with him. And, yeah, I think his ex-girlfriend or whatever, I think she's full of shit. I think she's just lying because she wants crack. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. Fern, um, <laughs> I'll let you have the last word on this. Guilty or not guilty? Uh, you know what? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm completely undecided. It's entirely possible that he is guilty, but more important is that the justice system has failed him so miserably and so incredibly that I think that is the bigger issue. And, you know, your homework has become my homework because I did watch it front to back, and it was good, well <laughs> worth the watch. I recommend it. And, you know, he just he, – the system failed him horribly. It failed yeah. him, failed Brandon. It just failed him horribly. And whether he's guilty or not, he shouldn't be sitting in jail right now. Fair enough. Lisa, I want to touch on one more thing real quick, and then we got to let you go. Alan Rickman passed away this past week, along with David Bowie, and I was saying they both died within days of each other, 69 years old, of cancer. I know the fucking YouTube conspiracy Illuminati channels have got to be on fire, but as somebody <laughs> who had tasked me to watch all eight Harry Potter movies to challenge you in trivia and still get my ass spanked, um, how much of an impact did this have, Alan Rickman passing? No more Snape. Oh, man, I thought it, it was so sad, but not just because of, you know, his character Snape, but just because he's a human person who died of cancer. It's so sad. Um, and I would like to say that if I had the opportunity to give you the proper homework assignment, it would have been to read all books, all the books, yeah. not the movies. I, I was being particularly kind to you in that particular assignment. Um, but, no, it was just such a bummer. I mean, and if you – I'm not a huge fan of the movies, but he, I mean, he's incredible in them. 
he's such a phenomenal actor and he was such a phenomenal actor and uh, it's just such a bummer that someone died of cancer you know I only see else. him as Hans Gruber I don't see him from any Harry Potter I see him as Hans Gruber and we all <laughs> see him as someone different and that's what that's when you know somebody has had an impact on you as a performer yeah. when everybody comes in with their own little nuances and claims ownership of hey it, like I, we were talking with, with Jay last week and the first thing I asked him before we dove into our gun conversation I was like you know I'm reading <laughs> the secrets of soap and I'm reading these little tidbits, like, you know, um, Bert's ex-wife's name was Jewel, and Benson had an Ill- illegitimate daughter. And then I started thinking, why the fuck do I care? That show's been off the air 30 years. And then I'm like, <laughs> how much these characters have touched me, where 30 years later, I'm reading the inside story of this TV show. And that, I mean, Alan Rickman had that inf- effect on people, right, Lisa? Yeah, Absolutely. All righty. And, I mean, so many great people have been passing away over the last month. And and, it's, and I'll make this last point, too. When Brad Knoll from Sublime died, I was talking to my wife at the time, and I was like, doesn't this affect you? And she was like, no, I could care less. I was like, well, when any is there any entertainer, anybody who has touched you, their work has touched you, and they pass away, does it affect you? And she's like, no, I, you know, it doesn't affect me at all when someone I don't know passes away. Is that strange, Lisa? Do you think most of us feel a connection where we're bothered when someone we dig passes on? Well, I mean, I kind of, like, I don't know. I, I see her point, but, you know, to a certain extent, it says on a human level, it's just sad when somebody dies. But at the same time, like, I didn't personally know Robin Williams, but when he died, that, you know, that ruined my week. Yeah. So I think that yeah, there's definitely certain people who have an, who've had an impact in your life. Like I mean, when a comedian who you know basically made me want to be a comedian dies, it does. It feels terribly sad. And like you know, Alan Rickman, like Harry Potter, is such a huge part of my childhood. That when he died, it's like oh wow. It, 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 I mean, so I think that like yeah, there's certain variables like. Someone who's a little bit more important to you, obviously, it's going to hurt more. But on a human level, it's just sad when people die. All right, real quick, because I got to get Lisa out of here, Dwayne. You want right. to chime in? You want to say something well, about Bowie? Just yeah, about celebritum. I mean, had he not been a celebrity, is his passing most of the of the population would say it's a good riddance. I'm just I have nothing personal against him, but how he behaved with his wives, his drugs, his sexuality. Because he's celebritum, everybody looks at these people different. I just find that kind of weird. Yeah, but we should look at them differently because they brought so much happiness to people. I mean, look at Michael Jackson, and I said this before. Michael Jackson had basically got a pass from people who are pretty sure he kind of fondled children. And I was like, look, if this was the guitarist of Slayer, do you think everybody would be giving him a pass? Do you think people would be letting their eight-year-olds go hang out with fucking Carrie King? And we do give people a pass when they bring so much happiness and entertainment to people, right, Lisa? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, because think about it, like, you know, art lives forever. Like, I mean, if something is, that's the coolest part about being like a comedian or a musician or like a painter, things things precede you. You know, like if you die, like, you know, his songs are still there, still to impact people. But so doctors like, it, I mean, and scientists it's, don't get half the attention. That's my, that was my, sorry to say. Yeah, 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 and you're <laughs> absolutely right. And that's, you know, a flaw in our own, in our culture, but, you know, it's, what's important to people, so that's the way it is. All right, well, as much as it's going to probably make Dwayne grit his, grind his teeth, I'm going to let Lisa have the last word. Lisa, where can everybody find you, and what are you working on? 
Uh, I am on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, I think my Twitter is at Lisa Best Comedy. Um, my website's lisabestcomedy.com. I'm going to be in L.A. doing shows for a little bit and just working on some projects, some projects I'm not allowed to talk about yet. Um, but, yeah, just kind of grinding it out and doing my thing. Right on. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on Kettle of Fish today. We are always happy to have you on. We'll have to get you on um, again without a homework assignment. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All righty. All right, guys, we'll be Bye-bye. back next week on Kettle of Fish with actress Jamie McCall. She is getting ready to move to Germany, so she said it'll probably be the last interview she'll be doing with us for a while. So look forward to that. And I guess we're going to lead out. Um, Dwayne, did you recognize the song that I played at the beginning of Ignorance Equation? Have you been watching South Park this past season? No, I have not watched this season. I always get caught up the following year. Okay, fair enough. Fern. I figured it was a South Park song. I figured it was. <laughs> Any last words before I cut into the bye-bye music? Oh, other than, you know, I've checked out Lisa's comedy. It's awesome, and I highly recommend anybody who hasn't checked it out to definitely go. She's funny, she's real, she's down-to-earth, and awesome person. Really enjoyed talking to her. I'm kind of surprised she's not like a household comedian name because her stuff is really on point. I'm not just saying that because we had her on the show. Like, I listen to it, and it's so, it just flows so well that there's no stumbles in it. There's no, like, wow, how did she get there? Just it's seamless, really. Yeah, it's it's very relaxed. And I actually saw uh, one video of her. Uh, I guess it was another comedian who goes and, and picks up people at bars and brings them home, and that was absolutely hysterical. She just seems very down-to-earth, very nice, and, and it relates in her comedy. So, yeah, definitely check it out. If you haven't checked it out, checked it out, guys. Very nice. All right, guys, everyone say bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Everyone likes me and thinks I'm great in my safe space. My safe space. People don't judge me and haters don't hate in my safe space. Your safe space. Bullyproof windows, troll safe doors, nothing but kindness. I won't hear you in my safe space.